Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Wednesday, August 24th, and this is People Every Day. Hey there, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, back with you as usual. We've got another very full show for you today, including some sister wives talk, getting into all of the interesting new details out of J-Lo and Ben's wedding. Plus, we take you inside this week's People cover story on Princess Diana's enduring legacy 25 years after her death. Hard to believe she's been gone that long. Well, before we get into that, here's what's been buzzing around my timeline today. Anne Heche's final arrangements have been revealed. The death certificate of the late Another World actress revealed that she will be laid to rest at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, known as the final resting place for so many stars like Marion Davies and Burt Reynolds. The certificate obtained by People also lists Heche's means of disposition as cremation slash burial on August 18th. Her final arrangements were handled by the Hollywood Funeral Home, and yesterday, Heche's sons, Homer, who's 20, and Atlas, who's 13, shared their appreciation for the institution in a statement to People that read, quote, My brother Atlas and I want to thank Tyler, Noel, and all the amazing people at Hollywood Forever for their kindness, compassion, and generosity of spirit. We are convinced our mom would love the site we have chosen for her. It's beautiful, serene, and she will be among her Hollywood peers. And the statement continued, She was our mom, but the kindness and the outpouring of the past few days reminded us that she also belongs to her fans, to the entertainment community, and now to the ages. I'm sure the entire ordeal from the crash to the coma to waiting for organ donation has been just a whirlwind of sadness and stress, but hopefully Haitia's sons and the rest of her loved ones can find some peace now that she's being laid to rest. And now I'm just going to be upfront with you guys about this. This next story is a super weird one. So Capitol Records, one of the biggest record labels on the planet, signed a new rapper a little over a week ago and then dropped that same rapper yesterday. But here's the kicker. The rapper wasn't a real person. It was an AI or artificial intelligence rapper. So the rapper is basically an avatar named FN Mecca, who was given the appearance of a black male cyborg. FN Mecca was created by co-founders of Fact new Anthony Martini and Brandon Lee back in 2019. The company described itself as a, quote, first of its kind, next generation music company specializing in virtual beings. The rapper does sing, and according to Martini, its songs are performed by a human, an anonymous Black man, but an artificial intelligence analyzes popular music and then creates its own music and lyrics. Here's a sample of one of FN Mecca's songs. Big sticks like a marching band Too deep like clowns in the minivan Fifty said it best in many men Okay, it's a song, but still strange. So Capitol Records severed ties with FN Mecca due to the backlash from music fans and activist groups for the characterization of the avatar and the frequent use of the N-word in songs. Namely, the organization Industry Blackout wrote in a statement 
quote, the digital effigy is a careless abomination and disrespectful to real people who face real consequences in real life. The whole thing has sparked a ton of debate since F and Mecca's creators, one white and one Asian, were making money from this black male avatar, even though the vocals are from a black man and the lyrics were created by an algorithm. Ugh. There's just so much to unpack here. It's been well documented, though, that online avatars in the metaverse have frequently depicted people of color and women being abused or mistreated. I am definitely curious where all of this is leading, and I'm going to try my best to understand it. And now let's dig into this week's cover story feature, the enduring legacy of Princess Diana, 25 years after her death. August 31st will mark 25 years since Princess Diana died in a car crash in Paris. Diana loomed large on the global stage as an activist and beloved role model. And in the quarter of a century since her tragic accident, she remains a prominent cultural figure with her life story featured in shows like The Crown, documentaries like The Princess, and in films like Spencer. Princess Diana's legacy is certainly still felt throughout the British monarchy, especially with her two sons, William and Harry, whose lives were radically changed by her sudden death. So joining me now to discuss this week's cover story is our resident Royals expert, People's Editorial Director of Society and Culture, Michelle Tauber. Hey, Michelle, welcome back to the show. Hey, Janine. Well, at the time of her death, Princess Diana was one of the most famous people in the world. So take us into where Princess Diana was in her life 25 years ago, and what was it that made Diana just so special? I mean, 25 years, I think that's so hard for a lot of people to get their heads around. And another thing that tends to surprise people is when we remind everyone that she was only 36 when she died. She was newly divorced from Prince Charles. She was dating this sort of high-flying bachelor, Dodie Al-Fayed. I, I say high-flying because they were literally flying all over, you know, from London to Paris and back again. Diana was jetting off to New York. And she was really hitting her stride. And at this point, she's loving, of course, being a mom to William and Harry, but she's also really feeling herself as a humanitarian, championing a lot of her causes to fight, you know, the stigma around AIDS and landmines and all of that great work was really coming to fruition for her. So someone like the queen was not connecting, as we all know, in the way Diana was. And that's something that her brother, Charles Spencer, who is a historian, told us a few years ago. He said she could make any person, whether they were the grandest or the most humble, totally at ease and calling it an incredible gift. So what was the reaction then, just to remind folks, to her sudden, extremely tragic death. Of course, it was the pre-smartphone era, and she was the most photographed woman in the world and the most famous woman in the world and, and one of the most famous of the modern era. And so to have her death so suddenly at the very young age of 36, it really is not an exaggeration to say it sort of stopped the world on its axis briefly. Like there was this sort of collective gasp. And one of the things that our royal biographer, Ingrid Seward, who was actually, who knew Diana personally, one of the things she told us in our cover story this week is that Diana was the first person to rattle the cage of the monarchy, and certainly at least within living memory. And when you imagine someone who's a disruptor like that, and then you imagine that she's so suddenly gone, it is just a seismic impact. 
Well, at the time of her death, Charles, Camilla, and Queen Elizabeth faced widespread public backlash. So how has her presence shaped their lives? So in the case of the Queen, many people may remember, you know, you have this extremely stoic figure who it's, it's you know, stiff upper lip, keep calm and carry on. And there was a public outcry that the Queen was not emotionally connecting and at least showing that she appreciated this massive outpouring of grief among her people. There was that movie, the the one with Helen Mirren, the queen, and they showed that whole series of days where she's being called upon to to address the, the nation. And when she did, it was with this really uncharacteristic live speech, which she almost never does. And second mm. of all, she did this uncharacteristic like, personal approach where she said, I address you as your queen and as a grandmother, which just not words we usually hear out of the queen's mm. mouth. Um, so another thing Ingrid Sewer told us is like that moment is because of Diana and that moment you see in the legacy in terms of the queen kind of relaxing a bit and being willing to connect with people, not in a way Diana ever did. She's never going to be like that. She's a totally different person in different generation, but finally recognizing ultimately it took some time that Diana was a force for good. As far as Charles goes, I thought one of the most interesting insights we had in this week's story was this quote from Ingrid saying, the ghost of Diana really has stalked him at every turn. Every birthday, every anniversary, Diana's there. You know, there's a lot to be said about that in his sort of attempts to move out from under that, she looms large. And another quote from Andrew Morton, who he was Diana's biographer, said that just like Henry VIII is always going to be remembered for his six wives, Charles will always be remembered for his first wife and that his life has been defined by that marriage. Interestingly enough, it doesn't loom as large over Camilla, who has kind of done a 180, right, in terms of public opinion. Camilla was, by many measures the most loathed woman in the world. At the time of Diana's death, Diana's famous quote, there were three of us in this marriage, Camilla's very public profile as Prince Charles's mistress. Today, she is poised to be the next queen. And I think very few people could have imagined that 25 years ago. So absolutely, she's had quite a an image rehabilitation. You know, she's a grandmother. She, I, I thought it was amazing. She posed pretty recently, a couple months ago, with the actor who plays her on The Crown, Emerald Farrell. Oh Emerald wow! Farrell. Yeah, and like <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> no royal, no other royal would ever do that. Prince William was 15. Prince Harry was 12 when they attended her funeral and the images of them walking beside their mom's casket, still heartbreaking. So how does she continue to influence her sons as leaders and parents? I do want to say, as you mentioned, they were, they were 15 and 12. As just devastating as that was to watch then, we know now based on what both of them have said publicly, that it was far worse than anyone could even imagine watching it. That the trauma that was inflicted upon those boys by having to publicly mourn their mother in that way. And that trauma, along with all that Diana did during her life as a mother, absolutely both of those things inform with William. We, we've seen he sort of ended up looking for a, a kind of a, an alternate family that he found in Kate Middleton's family. He was looking for stability and, and you know, to kind of have what he didn't have growing up. And then with Harry, we saw that there were, you know, years 
that played out more publicly than William. There were years where his trauma was really just completely shattering his life. And as far as their public work and giving back and their the causes that these two men champion, those are both just completely a reflection of Diana. Wow. Goodness, Michelle, you are just a wealth of royal information. So thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you so much. Sister Wives reality star and former Mormon fundamentalist Christine Brown recently walked away from her faith and plural marriage of 26 years. Coming up, we share her story with you and what led her to wanting to change her life. But first, can we please discuss J-Lo and her three ornate wedding dresses, along with some other wild details about her big day. After the break, we get into all of the photos and share an exclusive interview with one of the guests at the wedding. Stay with us. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. I don't know if you guys have heard, but Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck got married. Again, (laughs) what, you heard? Well, lucky for you, the details keep coming in, and we could not let the day go by without making sure you had the latest. So joining me now to run through the newest headlines is People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, Janine. How you doing? We've got some exclusive details from a guest who was there. We've got details on the actual wedding venue, and then there's these three separate dresses. So Let's start at the top with Mr. Kevin Smith, who attended and had a lot to say. Yeah, so we got an exclusive interview with Kevin Smith, who, of course, worked with Ben back in the 90s on Clerks and stuff like that. And he said that this wedding would make even a hardcore cynic believe in romance. And I must say, after seeing all of the, you know, slow rollout of this thing, I think a lot of us are feeling pretty cynical. But like, (laughs) this is very nice to hear. He said, this is a funny way to put it, one of the five most beautiful moments he's ever experienced in his life. And he said, of course, we all know that J-Lo looked amazing. But he said that Ben Affleck has never looked better than he's looked in his entire life, that he looked like a god cut from marble. And I must say, I'm just happy to hear that Ben was actually at the wedding because we haven't seen those pictures yet. (laughs) We haven't. There's a lot of gorgeous J-Lo, but where is this groom? But he said he was like radiating joy. And then take me into the moment where she actually walks down the aisle towards him. Yeah. And he said he was just bawling and he like looked up and he saw Ben, the happiest he's ever seen in his life. I think that's what's really capturing people's imaginations here is the fact that these two people wanted to get married and had this passionate romance 20 years ago. Life got in the way. It didn't work out. They went their separate ways. And then 20 years later, they're reunited by destiny. And to see them having this big celebration, Kevin Smith said it was like this deep, crazy love and that it made him believe in love for real. Wow. And and even that point about how the universe brought them back together, he says that. He said, quote, the universe made Ben wait for this one. And man, Mm. oh man, was it worth it, (laughs) right? Even even adding the fact that he had to take two flights to get there and he was thinking, this is a real pain, but he's so happy he made it because it was one of the most beautiful things he's ever seen. Like he's invited to everything, every event that I ever throw. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me about this property, where the ceremony was and and some of the meanings we found behind it. So this is an 87 acre compound outside of Savannah, Georgia. And it is, in fact, called a plantation. 
we all know that in the last few years, celebrating something's plantation origins has fallen out of favor. This is a property that Ben has owned for more than 20 years, Mm. actually. And he did try to sell it a few years ago. And you see the realtors are trying to kind of rebrand it as a plantation style compound. The bridal websites don't promote it anymore. They don't do Pinterest boards anymore for plantations. But listen, it's his property. He's owned it for years and years and years. And they have a personal history there. When they originally called off their wedding way back nearly 20 years ago, they retreated to this property together and spent some time kind of like recentering themselves. So whatever its history in the scheme of things, their personal history at this property is that it's a it's a special place for them. Mm, interesting. And I, I need to see it because I know it was fully decked out. We saw these aerial shots of the tent set up in the backyard. It obviously looks gorgeous. There's this lake, a pier with like bar tables going out with people able to have their food and drink and dance like right against the water. Of course, we did hear that the day before the wedding, his mom actually <laughs> fell off the dock and got injured and had to go to the hospital. What? So, you know, slightly hazardous, but very beautiful and very picturesque. Okay. And now speaking of beautiful and picturesque, these three dresses <laughs> that we got three pictures of, <laughs> all sans mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, J-Lo looked amazing. So what was your favorite? They're all Ralph Lauren, right? I didn't necessarily realize that Ralph Lauren himself is actually from the Bronx, just like J-Lo. And so that's part of their their special connection. But she had this one that had sort of like a feathery thing around the neck um, and this like voluminous ruffle skirt. And it was very J-Lo, very like intense fashion moment. So here she changed twice, but normally a bride changes from one like moment that's like in the photos to something that they can like move around in. I don't necessarily feel like any of these were like the easy breezy (laughs) dress, right? Like, and I mean, Janine, you and I have both been to many photo shoots in our days and we all know like to get the kind of photos that they got from this, like how that must've taken hours to take these pictures. Oh my goodness. She, I feel like she did this all beforehand, hopefully, so she could have enjoyed her day. <laughs> I hope so. That, maybe that's why we haven't seen Ben in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was done Duncan Run. Sounded amazing. Uh, Charlotte, thank you so much for running me through it. Thanks, Janine. I'm infinitely stronger than I ever was before. Happier. Oh my gosh. Like in my soul, I feel so light and easy and powerful. That was Christine Brown, who many fans have come to know from the show Sister Wives. It's been nearly a year since Christine left her plural marriage to Cody Brown and her Mormon faith behind. She's now living in Salt Lake City, Utah with her daughter, Truly. And in this week's issue of People, Christine is opening up about her new life, her decision to end her marriage, and what's in store for the future. It's such a great story. And joining me now to talk about it is the journalist who spoke to Christine herself. People senior writer Emily Strom. Hey, Em. Hi. Well, before we get into the split, let's talk about like why Christine liked to be a polygamist in the first place. This goes way back for her, right? It does. She was never interested in being someone's one and only. Uh, in fact, she wanted to be wife number three. She says that, you know, the first wife in a polygamous marriage has the responsibility of the husband, which is a lot. Wife number two. There can be a lot of drama and change that comes when you bring in a second wife. But number three, according to Christine, was the easiest one. They just coast right in and it's all good. So as fans of Sister Wives know, Christine was one of Cody's four wives. Mary, Janelle, and Robin are also in the picture. Christine removed herself from the conversation, though. And she and Cody, who married back in 1994, have five other children together aside from Truly. And they were together for a long time and she opened up 
to you about the moment she knew that their marriage just wasn't working. So what did she share with you? She had been unhappy for quite some time. And like a lot of people stuck in marriages, just was just trying to make it work. But she finally reached a point in her life where she said, you know what? I need to live for me. I need to find happiness. And that's exactly what she did. I mean, living for herself and trying to do all of that within a marriage is one thing, but in a plural marriage with multiple other women, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Was it something about that that she finally said, mm? Nah, I'm good. That's exactly what it was. For her entire life, she was a big believer in plural marriages and obviously married Cody and had a long relationship with him and his other wives. But she just got tired of feeling like she wasn't important. She got tired of sharing a husband, quite frankly. And, you know, she wants to find someone who only wants to be with her. Mm. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Christine and Truly now live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and things couldn't be better for them. So here's a little of what Christine told you. I can't tell you how many times I've opened up Truly's door and been like, what should we do for fun today? And so we just pick a destination and we go and we just have fun and we just go and explore. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. You can just hear the joy in her voice. It's so wonderful. And I also love what she told you about their first night in Utah and how it immediately felt like home. So what did she say about that? She said that the second they packed everything up and took off for their new life, it was like a breath of fresh air. And they got to their new place, which, you know, Christine chose all the decorations and she got to to really just make it her own. And when they laid down that night to go to sleep, she just realized like, I, I'm home. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And so tell me about this kind of separation though. Uh, she left all of that behind, but like you said, there's other children there. How has that all panned out? Just kind of stepping away from that. She still co-parents with Cody because as you mentioned, they have a total of six children together. He has 18 in total with all of the wives. And you know, divorce is tricky and divorce is tough and they're working through it, but they're committed to co-parenting uh, their youngest daughter, Truly, who's just 12, and maintain a good relationship for the kids. Got it. And Christine is busy as well. Season two of her cooking show, Cooking with Just Christine, premieres on TLC on September 11th. But I have to ask, is she open to dating again? Like, what does she think about the future. She is open to dating. She's excited about it, but she's not ready quite yet. Her and her daughter are just really taking this time to spend with one another and 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 they're enjoying their life as it is right now. And I love this quote. She says, I want a guy who actually loves me and wants to be with me intimately. I will be a monogamist from here on out. Well, this is such a wonderful update and it's so great to see her happy and thriving. And guys, you can read Emily's exclusive with Christine on people.com and in our latest issue on newsstands this Friday. Em, thank you so much for being on. Of course, always good to see you. All right, now, guys, we are going to end with this. There are just certain songs that come on and you have to sing and make them your own, right? You're driving in your car or you're doing some chores around the house and a song comes on and you have to belt it out. Well, one of those songs for me, and let's be real, for millions of us, <laughs> is Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone. That's all you ever
There's just something about the way it drops in that makes you want to stop what you're doing and sing as loud as you can along with Kelly. Well, the other day, a Kelly Clarkson fan was able to do just that. So this woman was giving a beautiful rendition of Since You've Been Gone live on the Today Show Plaza when, much to her surprise and to the shock of everyone in the crowd, she was joined by Ms. Kelly Clarkson. Now again, I can't put on educator? <laughs> yes. That's beautiful. Be. Thank you. Oh my God, you sound oh, good. Oh, that yeah. was amazing. This fan just lost it and Kelly was so gracious to her and then Hoda Kotb, who's always on top of it, got Kelly and the fan to sing a little bit of it together and it was beautiful. Since you've been gone I can't breathe for the first time I'm so moving on Absolutely fabulous and amazing. And I hope you love that as much as I did. Oh, and congratulations on having that song stuck in your head for the rest of the day. (laughs) Well, that is our show today. Thanks as always for listening and sharing part of your day with me. I'll see you back here tomorrow for more People Every Day.